Well, Rocket's definitely scarier on the inside. He's unstable and vicious and totally oblivious to the needs of others. <clears throat> okay, we, uh, we get it. Alright, let's do this. Let's go sell a monster. My day. My name is David Petrangelo, and this week, the not so stereotypical millennials will be counting down their top five or favorite five games of 2021. I am joined by this week, Michael R. Power. Michael R. Power. We have just came off. We just came off our recording of our uh, favorite ten to six with a couple of honorable mentions, as well as our most anticipated games of 2022. Um, some of them are, uh, fingers crossed that they were released in, uh, 2022. Some of them are confirmed, so we'll see how that goes. But if anybody does want to hear that discussion of, uh, I'd say about half an hour or so, something we, 40 minutes, something like that, uh, you can find it on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash back in my day. Uh, that's just the most recent thing that you're going to hear. We are breaking down the entirety of the book of Boba Fett each episode at a time. You, at, at any level, you will get access to these extra this extra content. Um, we also have an option to have pre-show banter where you can talk, where you can hear us talk about Ted Lasso and uh, Matrix and the Assassin's Creed movie for some reason. Um, all those types of things have been coming up over the last few weeks or so. So uh, we're going to continue releasing content on there. But most recently, you will find our honorable mentions and our 10 to 6 picks of our favorite games of 2021, as well as our most anticipated of 2022. So anyone who has already uh, joined us, which uh, has been a few people, which is just insane. So thank you. Um, but uh, hopefully that continues to grow and we'll uh, we'll keep adding content and we'll keep growing the podcast in, uh, in cool ways. Hopefully, um, you know, whether it's paying for programs, whether it's going to see movies, whether it's paying for games, things like that, everything will come into play to make uh, this show better. And uh, we appreciate it. So thank you very much. Anyone who has contributed and anyone who might in the future as well. So without further ado, Mike, we're going to go through our favorite five games of 2021. And uh, before we get to that, though, I, I, I'm going to do one more thing. I will keep talking for another minute. Um, I went back and I listened to our episode of what our most anticipated games for this year were. So we recorded that at the end of January, just like we're recording this one. And we both had Gotham Knights. And we both had Halo Infinite as our most anticipated games. You had Pokemon Snap and I had Back for Blood. So one little piece of variety there. And um, and I think that, you know, it would be nice if we saw Gotham Knights. Uh, we've played Halo Infinite. I have uh, a feeling we're going to be talking about that soon. And uh, Back for Blood uh, may have been... And in, uh, in my uh, six to ten list, but you'll have to uh, you'll have check. to subscribe to the Patreon to find out. It also may have been in my ten now, to it, six. It list. may <laughs> have been. We will not say for sure, but it may or may not have been. Um, okay, so without further ado, Mike, I've been talking long enough to intro the show. Um, what is your number five of 2021? Well, great segue, Dave, as always, because my number five is actually new Pokemon Snap, yeah! which was one of my most anticipated <laughs> games of this year. And 
there was How a reason why that happened. You know, I mean, like <laughs> the game delivered. You know what I mean? I I was literally looking forward to it, and when it came out, it delivered exactly what it wanted to do, which was giving me that more sweet Pokemon Snap gameplay of taking pictures of Pokemon, just like I remember playing on my N sixty four, but adding tons of new new features, uh, making like a much longer game out of it, uh, giving me post game content. Uh, you're actually able to have a little like what you know you know instagram kind of page where you could post your photo you could edit your photos and post them to uh to the internet for people to see and i got really obsessed with like trying to get my pictures featured on the like um like the, the nintendo nintendo, nintendo with like yeah feature people and i got really obsessed <laughs> with trying to like get my photos featured because they would have like this level is featured this month so if you post oh, a photo this level you might get it featured so i was always like updating my page with um whatever that level was of the month or the week i was always doing it with those photos and it would actually help help me get like sweet medals as i call them so the likes but anyways yeah new pokemon snap if you love the original pokemon snap or even if you've never played a pokemon snap before and you just love pokemon or you love sort of a game with chill gameplay the, this game is just about taking the best pictures you can of pokemon just like the original one and it was a lot of fun and i got the wife addicted to it too I was addicted to it for many months. It came out like in the beginning of the year and it was like all I played. It was like March uh, or April or something. Yeah. yeah it really. It, it's fun, man. I, I still plan to go back to it and finally finish it off. I didn't take it every single thing I could possibly do, but I was like kind of going through um, the sort of like achievements of the game and just trying to right. do them all. And man, it's so many cool little Easter eggs in the game. Great. Uh, much, much deeper than the original game. Much uh, higher number of Pokemon to take photos of, right, more right. interactions and special things to do per level, more side paths, like all like that, right? So it's like it's like the original game on steroids, basically the same <laughs> gameplay, just like more to do, and like the graphics look great. The way you can edit the photos, you make them look super super cool. You get super creative with it because you can add like filters and you can add like um, you know like uh, frames and borders frames and all that stuff, and, and even just like you can add like little artwork to the photo to like edit it and like put party hats on them or like you know people got really creative and like made some really cool photos so yeah fun really really fun game for the switch yeah, yeah. i when i when i listened back to the uh to our anticipated stuff which we went through within a few minutes of one of our episodes last year i think it was 78 or 79 episode 78 or 79 um uh i said i was gonna get this game for sure and i never pulled the trigger so uh mike you need to finish it so i can borrow it off you <laughs> yeah i'll lend it to you it's so fun <laughs> like i did with mario odyssey this year that was one of the games i borrowed yep. off of you i did not finish it but i did enjoy it i definitely enjoy it i have enjoyed uh the majority of what i've played for it i, I really liked it so okay so my number five is guardians of the galaxy the only problem with your plan is that Lady Hellbender only buys monsters, and you are not a monster! Groot, are you really offering to- No, no, he is not offering that, okay? It could work. So, Groot, I guess we could bust him out after. Absurd! Lady Hellbender seeks the monster within. The small, ugly one is clearly the correct choice. Which I did not expect, one, to play at all, and two, to actually enjoy in any way whatsoever. So um, I picked this up late. I picked this up during the holiday break uh, or just before that. Maybe it was early December. I think it was early December. 
And I played through it for about five or six weeks to finish it. I really wanted to get to the end of it because it, 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 it definitely just keeps changing as the story goes on. And the story is actually pretty good. I think this is better than both of the guardians of the galaxy movies. Um, That's saying a lot. Those are good movies. Yeah. And and especially the first one, I really, really like that first one. Second one's still good. It's just to me, not to the same level. Anyways, we don't have to talk about Marvel movies, but I, you know, you have 20 hours to do it as opposed to four or four and a half hours, you know? So I think it's kind of hard to compare. And this, this story and this game goes in so many wild places. Um, but really it, it is the only reason why it's not higher is because there's a lot of story here and a lot of character moments, which is why I really like it, but there's not, to me, there wasn't enough gameplay, which you'll, you'll, you know, you, you get later in the game and you, you, the gameplay is always kind of the same, which is not bad. The gameplay is actually really fun and interesting. And you can do a lot of cool like things where you, you combine with uh, with the other characters and everything. But I wanted to have more action moments in the game. And that's the only reason what only reason why it held back from being maybe three or four on my list. But it's a fantastic game. So if you have a chance to play Guardians of the Galaxy, no matter when you pick it up, it looks amazing. It plays amazing. Has a great story. Um, it's a little bit long, but I think what they do with the story is still justifies it. So I don't think that's such a bad thing. But uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, my number five. Nice, good choice. Good choice. All right, my number four is another Pokemon game. Uh, this time it's a Pokemon MOBA. Oh, the first Pokemon Unite. The uh, <laughs> First time I've ever been addicted to a MOBA, which I know Dave has been addicted to a few of them. And this is the free-to-play Pokemon, um, you know, multiplayer online battle arena game uh, that Nintendo released. So it's a MOBA in the, you know, in the likes of um, Heroes of the Storm. That's what yeah, Dave. and League and, and League of Legends. Uh, Dota 2. Yeah. Yep. So I never played any. Well, I played Heroes with you, and I liked it. I liked the style, yeah. but I never played. Never had a strong. But you didn't. PC. But you didn't play it for, I don't know, two thousand hours or something yeah, like exactly, I did. Exactly. <laughs> played it with you, and that's not an ex- that is not an exaggeration that I no, played Dave it. It was for really thousands of hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I never really. I mean, I understood it. It was fun when we played it together, and you yeah. showed it to me. But you know, I didn't really understood it. Uh, your addiction yeah. to it until I played this game and got into this game. So this is like. Uh, the you know MOBAs on consoles have been kind of like you know this is the PC only is one always this is the this is the only one that they've ever done that you would have a controller in your hand to play this yeah. is the first one yeah yeah well there was um Smite and some on like Xbox oh like Smite that. yeah that's right that's right but it wasn't it wasn't uh pulled back and over over the yeah. top view yeah. it was a, it was more like third person yeah so this one was sort of like because you know you're always like if you're playing on the console they're sort of they were designed for for piece for for PC, click mouse and keyboard and mouse. So this one was sort of built from the ground up to be designed for, you know, controller and mobile and for the Switch. And so it felt really good and it worked It worked just like any other MOBA where you have to like kind of get to the person's base and where this is not so much as destroying as it is scoring points, like in a basketball style. Um, But I still had like the jungles and the lanes and, but it felt good with the controller and the joystick and stuff like that. So I thought it played great. I got super addicted to it. It was my most played game on the Switch. I had like hundreds of hours played oh, into it? it. I got really addicted. I bought the Battle Pass. I the fact that it was Pokemon was the reason I 
you know, tried it initially, but then the gameplay hooked me and I got super addicted to it and trying to master certain characters and then, yeah. you know, get mastering that character and then going on to a new character and try to do the grind of getting to uh, gold and then, you know, silver and then gold and platinum. And master platinum. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah you got I, pretty I, high. You got right up there. Yeah, I did. I got, yeah, I got up there and uh, it was the it was fun, man. And I, I now understand more how you got so addicted to heroes and how people get stuck to these MOBAs because it's a satisfying and they were quick games in Pokemon Unite. That, it's a very satisfying. That was a big thing. Game. They were literally time to 10 minutes, you know, yeah. and, and I think that that really helps. Um, yeah, I thought I thought that it was a little bit too much. I, I mean, we talked about this before, but off offline for sure. But that it was a little bit too much like pay to win type of thing because you could upgrade like items and things like that, that, that you could, you know, take with your Pokemon and with your, with your character and all that. And some of, you know, to, to upgrade that item, you'd have to put in some money to us at a certain point, or at least do it faster anyway. Um, but, uh, but I do give this game a lot of credit for doing something different because, you know, all the other MOBAs are about going in your lanes and your three lanes, sometimes, to depending on the map on heroes and taking down forts and taking down enemies and taking down minions and all those types of things. And they really did find a legitimate way to make this different and still to make this fun. And in that 10 minute, no matter what you do, that 10 minute time frame is everything has to get done during that time really helps, especially when it's on something like a switch or eventually mm-hmm. when they brought it to phone and, and yeah, it made stuff, it the so. perfect to just like, little break game 10 minutes in yeah. they're almost like equivalent to like sports games these mobas mm-hmm. and that's i think they're fun because it's like you against another team you gotta work with your team and this one really took that sport feel to the next level because you're like scoring points whoever scores the most points wins you're doing slam dunks so, that's what you're yeah, doing yeah it, it, it was, <laughs> man i love that i love the, that it's like you know you can use any aesthetic but the pokemon aesthetic just made it more appealing to me and made me jump into it then the gameplay made me kind of stay so yeah the fact that i played it so much um you know it's just you know testament to how, how much i liked it so obviously it was gonna be on my list right I, so. i'm i'm it's uh um it's crazy that it jumped up ahead of above uh above snap that's interesting that's so cool um is this the uh is this our unofficial award of the uh the best um sit on the throne game <laughs> of, yeah. of the year <laughs> we should give that every year we should the find the best game. sit on the throne game it's got to be this right <laughs> this is it for this year for sure if you're okay I mean, holding your switch or your phone this yeah. is the best sit on the throne game yeah. it's only 10 minutes it's perfect yeah, i don't usually take my switch into the washroom with me but it's on the phone too so there you go <laughs> you um, don't but some people some do <laughs> not saying me of course not why would i do that <laughs> okay so my number um my number four is another uh we're getting into the indie games again mike here come the indie games all right you're the indie guy indie dave so i'm going to yeah indie dave here we go i'm going to (laughs) share my screen uh this is not good for audio but hey it is what it is is that and i'm going to hit play my number four is called unpacking want to try this game i really yeah. want to try it i think i have it to now. is i think i i think i told you um i'm just 
pulling up a random person playing this game, but I think I, I mentioned to you that unpacking is one of the most chill, easy to play, easy to understand games you will ever play because you are literally presented with a room or a house or an apartment, whatever it might be. And you open a box and you grab stuff and you unpack it. The title of the game is what the game is. That's it. That's what it is. But as you go along, you do realize that there is a story to be had here. You are a girl or woman, depending on when in the story you're, you're playing. And you're moving from your childhood home to your first uh, college dorm room to your first apartment that you live on your own to the first person you move into to move in with together in an apartment to the first house that you purchase to the it, all these things that at this point with the age that we're at considering we're married considering you have a kid all these types of things are all things that you will recognize in your life and that is why this game is special not because of the gameplay not just because it looks to me it looks interesting it looks cool and you know, is, is somewhat unique and is very chill with the music and the sound effects and everything, but it's the story it tells with zero dialogue and almost no text whatsoever to tell you what's going on. Um, I mentioned one game in our, as my number six, that gave me a lot of wow moments. What was it? Wow per hour. Is that what it was? Wows yeah. per hour. Wows yeah. per hour. Now this game doesn't give you wows per hour, but this game <laughs> literally gave me one wow or one moment where I said, oh, no way. As I was sitting there on my own in the dark at like one o'clock after one of my shifts at work playing this game, realizing what story it told me while I played this. We have wows per hour. Now we have one no way per game. How many, how many no ways? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it is a very simple game to understand. It is a very simple concept but you know it's a little bit of a puzzle game as well whereas you know you can open a box the sort of puzzle aspect to it is you open a box you don't know what's in it right you open it you click it and you might have like we're looking at right here you might have a computer screen uh, that comes out of it but you open that box in the bathroom okay now you got to move to the to the to the den or now you got to move to your bedroom where you have a desk to put the computer there then you open up the box again in in the bathroom and um you know a set of knives comes out. Okay, now you got to go to the kitchen and put it there. It sounds really tedious, but the music, the look of it, the fact that, you know, there's nothing, there's no time limit. There's no high score. It's just, this is what you do. And you can, for the most part, 90% of this, put stuff wherever you want. As long as it's in the right room, the correct room, you can put stuff anywhere that you want. I, I found this game to be so special because of the story that it told without even realizing that there was a story in this game. I think that's part of what it is, is that I didn't know there was a story. And the second that it gave it to me, I was like, oh, damn, this is this is good. This is cool. And with almost no uh, with literally no dialogue and maybe 10 lines of text the entire game. That's it. So and you could, you, you could probably finish it within four hours at the most, maybe three. And it's honestly something you could play with your wife, with your spouse, with your younger cousin, younger sibling, things like that, and just sort of have a chill time with it. And as I mentioned in our most anticipated games of 2022, I won't spoil what game it is, but this also has a fantastic soundtrack that I've been listening to uh, while I work. And uh, it's really chill and something that you could just listen to in the background. It's great. 
So unpacking is my number four. Well, Dave, I'm definitely gonna try this game, but as someone who just moved literally this week, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait a few months probably because I'm just unpacking my own. Wait till you're not staring at boxes. (laughs) But this was on my list of games to try. And like you said, playing with your family members, I wanna play this with my wife and I think we'll have fun playing that game. And it looks cool. Looks like her kind of game. Yeah, I think she actually she would really like knowing her Mm -hmm. as as well as I do. I I think she would actually um, get something out of this for sure. And I do think that there's an advantage to playing it like to the end mm-hmm. um not just picking hey play this level because it looks different like start from the beginning you don't have to do it all in one shot obviously but start from the beginning and play through it and you'll sort of realize that there's a story being told here and it's it's really interesting yeah that's cool. nice yeah all right so here is where you know it gets hard the game the rank game rankings get hard top three you know these are the big boys yeah uh, this was hard for me these top three i feel like I was filling with them to the very end, and I feel like any of them could be number one. But of course, we got to rank them somewhere. And once we do this episode, my rankings are set in stone, never to be changed again. <laughs> I know it's so hard. So this is—I uh, hate it. <laughs> yeah, I know this is hard for me. But number three for me is Halo Infinite. You were out there on your own, and you'd still be out there if it wasn't for me. I thought I was going home. There won't be a home if we don't stop the banished. You keep saying that. If I played more of the campaign, this might be number one, but I've mostly just played the multiplayer. And if I played the co-op campaign, I actually, maybe when the co-op campaign releases, that gives us an excuse to go back and change the ranking because it's a big change to the game. But anyways, yeah. right now, I, man, it's this, a game hundred percent that we're going to play co-op. Like, yeah, for I, sure. I, I haven't finished the, the campaign, but I'm very close. I know I am based on things that I've read about it. Um, but co-op, I think would make this game. Yeah. Like that, that much better. better for yeah. Sure. So basically the, campaign that i've played uh, you know a few, few hours of and a few levels and the multiplayer which we have played pretty much non-stop since it came out every week yeah. <laughs> and been super addicted to uh this game is amazing this is such a satisfying shooter game this for a podcast called back in my day where we we reminisce a lot about the halo one days and halo two days and halo three uh we're big fans of the halo series and my love for first-person shooters, you know, comes from, you know, GoldenEye and the, and the Halo game, the first Halo game. Yeah. So I love the feel of, of Halo multiplayer. And this gives that to me in, you know, the modern console generation. And it's so fun. It's so satisfying. Um, yeah. If you haven't tried it, play it. And, you know, the multiplayer is free to play. And uh, we bought the Battle Pass. We're in, we're in it. We're still we going to play it. I feel like we're going to play this game all year. That's my guess. I, I guess I think so too. That's gonna last, and yeah. I hope they keep adding new things to keep us in. So far, they've done a pretty good job with the battle pass, the weekly mm-hmm. challenges, and sort of new events that come up. But yeah, if you definitely if you like Halo, it's up your alley. And if you've never played Halo before, give it a shot because you'll probably like it. And yeah. uh, as far as first person <laughs> shooter goes, you can't do much better than this, in my opinion. It's it's, it's one of the best. It's also my number three and um yep it's also my number three and uh part of it is because i haven't finished the campaign very similar reason to what you just gave and the co-op stuff so i I agree with all that um but i think this is like one of the most polished tightest multiplayer Mm -hmm. games you can get like i know that they've had some matchmaking issues with some of the modes or whatever that's just part of having a huge player base the fact that it's free to play now that you can pick this up on steam 
and just play this for free without having any kind of Microsoft account whatsoever is just so friggin' cool and great. Yeah. And if you have an Xbox but don't have Game Pass, you don't you don't have to buy the game. You don't have to buy the campaign. You can just play this game. It's I, I think that's great. before in our in our um, Patreon episode, which was how much gaming landscape business has changed that free to play yeah. games are now making our like list. This is sort of half a free to play game. But yeah, it helps the game because um, the fun of this game is playing with people online. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's easier to get your friends to play with you when you're like, hey, you don't have to pay, pay drop 80 bucks. Just come play. We're playing this game. Come join us. It's free to play. So yeah. I can see in that, you know, it's a great business decision by Microsoft. But yeah, with people we play with, like my brother-in-law, and our friend, uh, Rich, who plays on PC, Rich Shawl yeah. has been on the podcast, friend of the show. Um, yeah, they, they can jump on with us because it's free to play. It's no investment for them, right? So, you know, we have Game Pass, so we have the game. But the fact that it's free to play, it just, it just makes it easier. And then it keeps you playing longer because then more of your friends are playing. So it's yeah, just absolutely. definitely a smart idea. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, they, they've had kinks to work out or whatever, but it's it's just... That's fine. That's what happens with the multiplayer. I, I just think that this is the most Halo game that you could possibly like. It's it feels like what we remember Halo One and Two feeling like, right? Like culmination of all the Halo games. Yeah, but it's obviously better. It's obviously tighter. It's obviously got way more going on, and it just it all honestly it all really works really well. I'm very surprised that it works as well as it does. So, um, this was also on our most anticipated list for this year. Both of our, both of us picked this one as well, and it has made our top three. So, uh, you know, I guess it gets the most anticipated award. Thumbs up from us. We're just handing out awards like it's nothing else. Um, we weren't done with the backies just yet. <laughs> the twenty twenty one backies keep going. Twenty twenty one backies. <laughs> we got the throne game. We got the game that delivered the most. That- yeah. <laughs> the throne game and the uh, and the deliver the the most delivered game or something. Yeah. Um, we'll come up with it eventually. I don't know. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So now, like you said, with the top three, it's really hard to pin it down. My one and two and three really, but my one and two mostly have switched. I I think I honestly switched this an hour before we hit record. Yeah. I might have as well. It's, it's insane. It's insane. So this, so I, I, I went into this year currently on game pass and thinking I'm, I'm maybe going to buy just a couple of games this year. Like I have game pass for a reason and I'm just probably not going to buy that many big AAA games. I'm not going to go spend 80, $90 in a game and really shell out a bunch of bucks. I got game pass for a reason. I have lucky enough to have an Xbox. We both are. I have the PC so I could play game pass on that too. All of those reasons. But I heard all of this buzz about this game called death's door and I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> there was just so much really good buzz about this game. And I'm going to show you the screen here, Mike, so you can see it as well. And anyone that's watching on the stream as well. But Death's Door is a mix between Zelda um, and I would say the Souls games because it is pretty difficult, even though it doesn't look like it would be. And Metroid, probably those three would be what it is. Um, And it has a very unique style. You are a crow that has multiple different types of weapons. And you're basically going around trying to find souls and trying to find um, individuals or people or animals that are dead. And you're bringing them to the Reaper. 
that's basically the the very basic start of the storyline and you're just going to all these little sort of levels that are are very um laid out like a zelda game would be especially uh is it linked to the past and the over the top type of Mm -hmm. games like that but the you don't have combat like zelda it is much more dynamic it is much faster it is much more difficult um it's all about timing it's all about what kind of weapons you use against certain enemies it's all these different types of things that you would never really see in a Zelda game. I I, I just think that the way that you unlock things, the way that you go to different parts of the level, the way that you talk to different characters and find out different clues of how to get there, how you get different abilities to unlock different places, just like you would in Metroid and Zelda. All of these types of things are really, really good. And I just think that the way it plays and the way it looks alone makes it a game that, that people should play. And this was the first game that made me crack that, oh, I'm not going to buy games this year. This game made me do it. And I do not regret it for a second. It is an excellent game. It is so tight. It is so cool. It sounds good. It looks good. It plays well. Death's Door is a must play. And as of this recording, this week, it is now on Game Pass. So it is 100% worth it, no matter what. Um, I said you should play Unpacking. Maybe play that first. If you have a chance to play something a little bit more difficult, time you can sort of sink a little bit more time into, Death Store should be next on your list. That's how good this game is. So Death Store is my number two. Wow. Yeah. All right. I got to check that out. That's, yeah, it's really cool. Sounds good. My number two is actually a game that uh, we've talked about already. Ooh. And that is Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, nice. And it wouldn't be my top... Uh, video game list of the year if I didn't have some sort of Marvel third person action game <laughs> on there as I have the past like three years but yeah um, just kind of like my kind of style my kind of game yeah. um, I love the you know love the Spider-Man games uh, this game didn't think it was going to be so good when it got announced and oh, man. Uh, I know when I played it it was like wow this game really I was like how can you do Star-Lord without Chris Pratt <laughs> how can you do Drax without Dave Bautista right but the way these like nails the characters as good as the movies does now it is the it is the version of the characters from the movies that you're playing as you know those the versions of those characters like Drax being the way he is like really like um literal and like kind of mm-hmm. like comic relief like James Gunn invented that version of Drax for the Guardians oh movies. I see. that's I not how that. Drax was in the comics so he was like uh... more like straightforward the destroyer right like more okay. like yeah and so all of the characters personalities are like it's the movie characters it really is the movie characters okay i didn't um, know that and but the version of star lord is just as good as the chris pratt version and i honestly though, i think it's better i think yeah, it's it might even be better yeah i i think i think this is the best version of um of him and gamora i yeah, I, I like i like gamora too. in the movies but i think she's and you'll see as as you play more of this game, like towards the end, like she's she's the standout, yeah, in this for sure. Yeah, so just loving this, loving the story. I love the gameplay, that third person kind of gameplay, and it's sort of like a Zelda style where you kind of like walk on with the trigger, which I like, like the Zelda Ocarina of Time kind of style. It's the main thing reminded me of. But then you're also controlling a party at the same time, so it's kind of like, yeah. you know, it's cool in that way. And uh, the gameplay's the the action is fun, but you really you're in there for the story, and you're there for spending time with the characters. And it does, the story really does hook you. I do really have fun with these characters because I love those movies. And it's just like, you know, those movies, like you said, this game is like 20 hours, 
25 hours it, long. T- it took me about 20 to and 22 or something i think to finish yeah i think like i'm that, like I think. 10 15 hours in something like that so i'm like kind of close but it's like just you get to spend so much more time with these characters that i love from the movies and and you know it's what a cool idea for the game to be like we're gonna pick the, these characters we're gonna pick the characters from the movie and we have kind of license and we're gonna tell like a story and man i think it was awesome uh as a marvel fan the easter eggs of the characters that show up too and so yeah definitely like had to be up there for me uh you know saw the multiplayer game but as far as you know i just like i spent most of my time this year playing multiplayer games but you know single player games still are sometimes where i have the best experience and this one was the one that i had you know i guess the second best most experience because <laughs> it's not my number one but it's my number two game of, i actually uh, have now have no idea what your number one is okay you'll know when i say it but yeah i'll know when you say yeah. it but i'm not going to think too hard because i feel like uh, it's going to give it away but uh no this game is great I, I i didn't mention it when i said it but i think that they do such a good job with the characters in this and yeah. I think you're more of the of you and Ian by far, especially compared to me. I'm more of the comic nerds compared to me. So when more stuff happens in this story, and I would say mm-hmm. in the last third, so you'll get to it probably in the next few hours of when you play, mm-hmm. you'll see all these like crazy like ideas and concepts that they that they throw in there. I for me, not knowing about who, not knowing anything about what most of these characters are or where they come from, I'm just like, what is happening? How is this all? But it actually still kind of tracks, you know, like I'm still okay with it, even though I don't have any history with it whatsoever. Um, I think I think you'll get a lot out of that. You might actually between this and I, I'm anticipating between this and and the playing co-op for Halo Infinite, you might have to revise your your list. You might. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think it's really cool. I think it's really interesting what it does. They do different things with gameplay. They do different things with story. I'm excited to to hear what you think when you get to the end of it. So we can revisit that and we can revisit um, uh, Pokemon Snap when you get to the end of it too. <laughs> and, yeah. our t- and our time with Halo uh, Co-op as well. Yeah, once exactly. So. It could be an ever, ever evolving list. And this is a sort of a point in time snapshot of what our favorites are right now. But a lot of it is. A lot of it is. Yeah, for sure. It It's it's really hard. It's really hard. Um too many games. Too many games, There's man. Too many games. As as we hear from one of our favorite podcasts for DLC, they say yeah. too many games pretty much every single episode, and they are 100% correct. Yeah, 100% <laughs> correct. They're That's too it. many games. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my number one is a game that has not been talked about very much at all. I haven't heard anyone say anything about this game but myself. It's another indie game. It is my number one. Just like last year, Hades was an indie and it was number one. This is Unsighted. So it is not a game that I knew anything about going into. I didn't even know what the gameplay was. I didn't know if, what the story was. I had no idea. It's sort of a pixelated action game. That's it. That's all I could tell from the art that showed up on Game Pass and I just dove in and just played it and could not stop playing this game for I think I played it every single day for about three weeks until I finished it. Um, another one of those games that probably takes you about, I want to say about 12 to 15 hours, maybe 20 at the max if you're unlocking a bunch of stuff. And just like um, 
just like Death's Door, where it's a combination of different games, this is a combination of Zelda and Metroid, but with gameplay and fighting mechanics that are so cool and make you feel like such a badass with all these different weapons and guns and interesting enemies. I I wanted to put Death's Door first because it's like this extra cool looking, extra interesting type of setting. But I, I couldn't deny the fact that when I played this game, I could not put it down. Um, Death's Door, I could go and play I don't know, something else at the same time. This one, I only wanted to play this game when I played it. Unsighted is something that is also on Game Pass. And if you have a chance to play it in any way whatsoever, even on PC, it is worth your time. You have a sword, you have a gun, you have an axe, you have a shotgun, you have different elements that you can do. There's verticality to the to the to your attacks. There's verticality to the unlockables and the chests that you find. There's interesting characters. There's a cool story. There's a cool setting. The pixel graphics don't look cheap. They look like they really tried hard to make it, you know, interesting. There's all this like really cool map dynamics that you have to do to unlock different areas. And I I I don't know. I just kept thinking about this game after I played it. And I think that Unsighted is one of the coolest action games of with an overtop view that you could possibly play within the last few years. And part of it, I think, is that I would just want to like, if anyone's listening, I just want people to play this game because I haven't heard it talked about at all. Um, and I just absolutely loved it. I just, there's so many, there's so much deep stuff going on with the mechanics and with the story that um, I, I just, I just loved it. Unsighted. 100% my, well, I'd say 100%, but I also debated putting Death Store, but 100% my game of 2021. That's it. Wow, another game that I got to check out. Wow, you're giving me some homework, Dave. Like, this sounds <laughs> awesome. I, like, the fact that it's on Game Pass, um, I don't know. Well, I got to. I, I saw it pop it's... up. Yeah, it said like recent re- recently released. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. It looks kind of cool. I saw the little trailer. I'm like, all right, that's interesting. You know, like there's I'd never even heard of it before. Like that's I didn't hear of it either. Yeah, it's so cool. I just played it. I tried it for a few hours and then I just kept playing it. Um, Nice. And, uh, you know, it has RPG kind of leveling up elements to it. It it does. So you can level up your um, what do they call them? I'm going to go back in the video to find out what it is. They're chips, I think is what they are. Um, Yeah, chips. So you can upgrade your stamina, you can upgrade your your health, you can upgrade your your um, your abilities, you can upgrade your strength, all these types of things. But you can only insert these chips in a certain. If you can see on this video that I'm also showing in the stream, you can only insert them under these the certain pattern here. So you can only you're limited to the amount of uh, you know chips that you can put into yourself. So you actually have to based on the boss, especially because there's boss battles which are really cool. Um, you sort of have to change it up as you go. So it forces you to make decisions as you go. You don't just say, you know, I really like the ax or I really like the shotgun. I'm just going to use those the whole game. It's cool to kind of fall back on the things that you really like, but it does force you to make some changes. And then you say, oh, actually this does work better for this particular area. So I'm going to change and I'm going to try something different against these types of enemies in this boss. And it's cool to do that. I don't like being forced to do those types of things, but once I force myself to do the things they're forcing me to do, I realize, oh, this is cool that now I'm experiencing this game in a different way. Um, so it's kind of like a fast-paced action Zelda game with 
guns and swords and jumping and fast movement and unlockables and upgradables. Like there's all these different types of things that it brings into itself, just like Death's Door does. But I think this does it deeper, even deeper. So that's why I liked it. Um, yeah. Unsighted. Cool. My number one for 2021. Cool. Yeah. All right. I guess that just leaves my number one game. Uh, so my number one game, 2021, is Metroid Dread. The most powerful bounty hunter in the galaxy, Samus Aran. On her latest mission, she'll explore the inner belly of a beastly planet. This mission will take Samus to the as-yet-unexplored planet ZDR, which holds many secrets. Beneath the planet's surface lies a massive labyrinth of distinct areas, from caves to magma chambers, ancient forests, and underwater depths. Oh, I completely forgot. <laughs> yeah, game I got for Christmas, and it's the one of the games where I, you know, asked to delay this episode so I could get some time to play it. Yeah, and yeah. man, I have been enjoying myself with this game a lot. Awesome. Of course, the podcast is called Back in My Day because we love retro games, and one of the best, you know, retro game franchises is Metroid. Yeah. And what Metroid Dread does is it brings the Metroid game to the newest generation of consoles. First of all, it looks amazing. It is such a good facelift for the Metroid franchise, but it's still that classic Metroid gameplay where you're castle uh, Metroidvania style and you're moving, uh, you know, left, right to the levels. And there's places you can't get to until you get the right item that you can get to that place. But which is exactly what, what unsighted does. It borrows that, that idea. Yeah. This game, but the, the way, the, what it does to the formula of the metroidvania is that you never actually really it, it feels like when you're in a room you're like okay when i get an item i'm gonna come back to this room okay but it never actually makes you go back to that room like you you're always for, just you're not forced you to always just kind of keep going forward and it will bring you back to the room that you thought you had to come back to later yes that's that's exactly what death store does it does the yeah. exact same thing you're just like oh wait you're like, oh, wait, I'm back to this area where an hour ago I was like, once I get that item, I'd come back here. And the, if you just keep following the path, it it just brings you back there. And yeah. so that's a really great point. It's, it's so it feels like you discovered it, but really yeah. it, it guided you that way. And it takes yeah. all the like the frustration out of those <laughs> right. old ones. Like if you play the Super Nintendo one or whatever, it's like you're, you're stuck and you're like, oh, why am I stuck here? Because like you forgot the one little path that like, you don't usually get stuck. You don't usually have to go searching for that thing that you remembered it brings you to it naturally the boss fights in this metro game are freaking cool as hell i've the graphics I heard super on the switch are awesome the game is hard the game mm-hmm. is hard the boss battles always take me a while you have to learn the pattern of the boss to get it down uh, you have to like ration your your missiles and ration your health and it's not and yeah it's a difficult game but once you it's like kind of like a dark souls-esque you know but metroid's always been difficult like that so yeah you do it is like you know even super Nintendo, you kind of you have to learn the pattern you have to die a bunch of times the bosses have multiple uh phases and you kind of have to learn the pattern in the first phase and then learn how to beat it but then once you learn how to it's like the first time you play it you're like oh man i can't beat this one then once you learn the pattern you'll beat it with with full health then you'll go the boss will enter his second phase and you'll have to learn that pattern and then third phase so you have to die you know, 10 times on each boss, at least I did until you beat them yeah. um, and learn, learn their pattern. But you know, that's something that when you finally beat it, it's like super rewarding. And what this, what the 
game does also is like it enters the cutscene of killing the boss or doing something cool but when it enters the cutscene you still control like the the samus's gun so you can still like shoot rockets while it's in the cutscene oh what playing the boss yeah that's it's cool like, so it that's feels like fun. you're controlling the character during the cutscene so it's really cool nice and uh yeah so it just because it it feels like the retro game brought modern which is something we talk about a yeah. lot on the podcast and something right. that you know i i love so the love for this franchise and um again you know nintendo they just you know they don't have the most powerful console out there but what they bring in the gameplay it's to me it's all it's you know they keep knocking out of the park and they did yeah. it again this yeah. year for me with metroid and pokemon snap so yeah and, po- and pokemon Unite. so i had three nintendo switch games nice you know, even, even the year where i bought the, you know the brand new xbox i still have three <laughs> nintendo switch games on my top five <laughs> So that's how much I think Nintendo is just bringing it with the uh, with the gameplay, man. They're killing it. I will lend this game to you when I beat it. And I yes, guarantee this is one of the ones. Yeah. You're, you're going to love it. And yes, it's hard. It's going to be frustrating. But um, it does give you that feel of that classic Metroidvania style, which I know we love from our childhood. And it brings it forward to today. And it's a great game. Well, my 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 one and two games are both those like borrow ideas from from metroid and do something with it and all and the things you mentioned like i like i said when you sort of loop around and and, and different abilities and sort of mastering the bosses both of those games both death store mm-hmm. and unsighted have versions of that in their games respectively so if you yeah, if you're you gonna love that, Metroid. Yeah, yeah i think i'm actually really gonna like it i was a little bit scared because i've heard so many things about it being so hard but then I look at Death Store and I look at Unsighted and I look at some of the other games that I really like this year and I go, yeah, but these are really hard too, you know, quote unquote mm-hmm. difficult. But so what? You know, I'll dedicate myself to sort of playing through the game. You know, that's yeah, that's, it's not wrong with that. like it's hard in a in like a Mega Man kind of style hard or even okay. the old Super Tennis where it's like it's hard, but like you die and then you kind of like get put back where you died and you just have to keep trying until you learn the pattern yeah. like you said you learn when the you pattern you master yeah. It. yeah so yeah, it's not like matters. as hard as it's not hard like i find you know first person online shooters the hardest because you're playing against so real I. people who play <laughs> so, so do i <laughs> and it's not nearly as frustrating as that because you're playing against the computer and you can learn the pattern if you just sort of put your mind to it i believe you didn't try enough times you know figure well that's what it's meant for right it's it's yeah. meant for you to be able to read those patterns like that and yeah. understand them and be able to, to and it very them. much reminds me of how we used to play games yeah, this is very much like old mario old metroid games you know awesome you, you, just, you play it so you learn the pattern and then kind of once you get it down you feel like a boss when you finally go through you're now you're the boss <laughs> yeah exactly so <laughs> it's rewarding in that sense it's not it's it's not overly frustrating i would right. say right so um I think our biggest overlap for sure um, is uh, Halo Infinite. It must be, right? I mean, it's both our number threes. I would say it's Halo or Guardians. It was my number two and your number yeah. five or something. But yeah, I would think Halo five, yeah. would be because, you know, we're not the only ones that contribute to the podcast. There are other yep. friends. And I think if we were that we play this game with, and I think if we were to include everyone's like Halo would for sure be higher than Guardians. I think yeah. Halo uh, is very fitting for the back of my day game of the year for sure yeah for sure it's bringing back the memories while also mm-hmm. doing something different and new and fun with it and uh and like you said i think it's something that we're going to play for all year or at least most of the year oh i believe yeah i wouldn't I, be surprised I, we're I still think, playing it i, I at this point next year next i think year. we're still going to be talking yeah. about it i i think um i i love it i mean i've completed the game the the battle pass 
and I don't care. I'm still playing it. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just fun. Um, I find myself better at it than I thought I would be. Maybe that's why I keep going back. But the second I start getting my ass kicked, maybe I'll, I'll question that, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see. Um, but some games, you know, it's tough, man. You get matched up. It's just the way the multiplayer shooters are, yeah. like you mentioned. But, uh, but I think we can award Halo Infinite as our game of the year. Um, it's another, you know, free to play online game that has, you know, has the, uh, the uh, single player uh, aspect to it and everything. Um, Ian did send me his list of his favorite games of the year. I have not listened to them. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to put that uh, right at the end of the episode. So Ian can have his say for that as well, but uh, he'll join us for, uh, for TVs and movies and uh, as will wife power. We're going to make sure that we include her as well, because it's always great to have her say on that. And uh, maybe next year unpacking will be on her list for her favorite games. Uh, we'll try to see it. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. She didn't have enough games to submit, but I will oh, say no, she's it's... still playing Animal Crossing like a lot. So Animal Crossing <laughs> like would probably be lot. also her game. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So Halo Infinite is our uh, game of the year. If anyone wants to hear the rest of our list from uh, six to 10 or 10 to six and our most anticipated games from this year, of course, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash back in my day. And uh, Mike, uh, where's everyone else following the rest of our uh, shenanigans? Yeah, at day back in on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. That's where you can find us. And the podcast is called Back in My Day. Find it on, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your podcast of choice, or Good Pods, our favorite podcast yes. app. Uh, I was just doing, you know, a lot of good work promoting indie podcasts. So check out Good Pods and uh, give us a follow on there if you do. Yep. And rank, review, subscribe, tell your friends. It all helps. Thanks for listening. That's it. Thank you, sir. Uh, Happy New Year and also goodbye 2021. F you. And uh, (laughs) let's uh, keep our fingers crossed that our anticipated games are going to come out this year. And uh, Mm -hmm. we'll see you guys, everybody next time and talk to you. We talk about our favorite uh, 2021 movies and TV shows. Thank you, everyone, for listening. video games from 2021 well that list is going to be a little light for me given that i'm still playing through some of the titles of years past so rather than give a top 10 video games that were released in 2021 i'm going to stick with my top five and alongside those i'll also give five that i'm anticipating playing that were also released in 2021 that i haven't got around to yet so starting it off with number five i want to mention Big Brain Academy, Brain vs. Brain. This is a Nintendo Switch title that I played with my nephew. I thought it was really cool, fun game for kids that allows you to kind of uh, work through puzzles, brain teasers, and that kind of thing. And it was just uh, a lot of fun. So on the more mature side of things, another puzzly game that I'm looking forward to playing uh, came out in 2021. It's actually an older game. It's called Alien Isolation. But it did release a mobile version in 2021, so it's still a game that I've yet to play that I think would be a really cool um, alien-themed creepy game. And then from there, I think number four for my top five here would be, it would have to be the Lego Marvel Super Heroes game that originally came out in 2013, but they remastered and released for Nintendo Switch, which I thought was pretty cool. And I got a chance to play that on the Switch. It was a fun throwback. I know they've released a sequel as well, 
but just having a different story to play through on the Switch and having over 100 playable characters in the LEGO Marvel Universe is always fun. So another game that I'm looking forward to trying, another sort of adventure-style game that uh, is a throwback to the old uh, PlayStation days, is Oddworld Soulstorm. So I remember playing Oddworld. Uh, Oddworld Soulstorm is a newer version of that game, and it came out in 2021. So that would be another game that I'm looking forward to trying out. Number three for my favorite games of 2021 is Call of Duty Vanguard, but also by extension, Warzone Pacific, because they're kind of tied together, both World War II themed, and that sort of new Pacific island map for Warzone just keeps my thirst for that fresh with some some World War II weapons to play with and uh, made it a, a fun addition to the franchise. And keeping with the shooter theme, you know, I like my first-person shooters, I really want to try Star Wars Republic Commando. I think it's a game that, it sounds like it's a remaster game, but it's a game that I never got a chance to play, and uh, they remastered and released it in 2021, so I'd love to play that. Uh, another first-person shooter, this is my number two favorite game for 2021, uh, is a franchise I actually prefer to Call of Duty, and I've been waiting for a new modern version of this game, and that's Battlefield 2042, and I've really been enjoying playing Conquest on the various maps. It's a lot more tactical. It's uh, the reason why I like Warzone so much is because it's kind of bigger maps and more more strategy involved rather than just sort of the murder-death-kill of the traditional Call of Duty deathmatch. So that's my number two. And sticking with the Star Wars theme uh, for games I'm anticipating that came out in 2021, this is another oldie but a goodie. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic got remastered and released on Nintendo Switch. This is a game I never got a chance to play. And if I can get my hand on a Switch for a consistent length of time, this is definitely one I'd like to play through. You know I love my Star Wars. Next to their old Republic. It just seems like a great storyline and a great uh, sort of throwback game to dive into. Number one game from 2021 is got to be for me Marvel's The Avengers. And if you recall from our... Extra Life Day, this is one of the ones, if you happen to catch my stream, that I was playing throughout the day, uh, playing as characters such as Black Panther or Captain America, and playing through this epic story with like a very adventurous-style fighter game, uh, reminiscent of sort of a hack-and-slash like Diablo 2, but, you know, of course, Marvel-themed and great uh, great sort of action chore- fight choreography throughout the game. The cinematics are great, just everything about You know, it gives me my Marvel fix. So Marvel's The Avengers is my favorite game of 2021. And to sort of keep in line with that, the game I'm anticipating most to play, which I've heard really good things about, is Guardians of the Galaxy. If this game plays, you know, half as good, if not better, than Marvel's The Avengers does, then that's definitely going to be my most anticipated game 